Hello and welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. Rachel, you know that I am a rebel at heart, and I particularly despise being told what I can and cannot wear before a certain date. As a matter of fact, my mom and I were talking the other day about this small town that we live in, the fact that women will wear khaki pants and long sleeve button-down shirts starting the day after Labor Day. If it's still fucking 90 degrees outside, (laughs) they still wear that. Uh, wow, I am ready for some sweater sweater weather. (laughs) You can't say that. Wait a minute. I know, right? Wait a minute. Sweater weather? Sweater Sweater weather? weather? You ready for sweater weather? I know. Did you hear the way that came out? I didn't know I was from New York. (laughs) I'm so ready for sweater weather. (laughs) Uh, But will not be hot with long sleeves before it's time. But yeah, it has been yeah. so blessedly cooler lately, and I love it. I expect I the too. temps to spike again before, you know, this summer is really ready to be over. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the weather forecaster, and she'll say, it's going to be 57, so you might want to take a jacket in the morning. And I'm thinking, bitch, no. do you know any fat middle-aged women? Because we love this. <laughs> This has been perfect weather, and I'm going to enjoy these cold mornings while we have them. Uh, And also, Rachel, now that it's October. Oh, I have been dreading this month for, well, months. (laughs) It's barely October, and you are going to start scaring me already, aren't you? Yes, 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 I am. (laughs) In this episode, Carmen and I are going to talk about getting your October thrills and chills on. Um, I am drinking a maple old-fashioned. It's an That old- sounds gross. Oh, it's an old-fashioned with a splash of maple syrup. It's so that good. Sounds, that sounds... You know, I texted your husband this what? past week. I did oh, because I, tell me. <laughs> I I went to um, oh, yeah, I went to Char after a particularly difficult day at work. I needed a happy hour, so I went to Char and I had their happy hour um, Manhattan. Oh yeah, that's and, very similar to an old fashioned, right? Okay, so, okay. Wait a minute. Wait. I, let me look at the text I sent to him because this. I may be I may be speaking out of turn here. Um, okay, so I said uh, yes. It is the Char Manhattan, and the Char Manhattan has two bitters in it: Angostura and a walnut bitters. <gasps> Ooh, that sounds really and, good. Yeah, and so John said, you know, walnut that that sounds really really good, and so I said to him. It was it was almost too sweet for me because the walnut made it. I think I need three dashes of Angostura and maybe one dash of the walnut bitters. But 
you know, if you would go on to a, um, like a, a bartending site or something and right. you could buy those different bitters and get a walnut bitters, I think that you might, you may like that more than the syrup. More than the maple syrup. Well, I didn't have like a, I didn't have any other kind of maple uh, bitters or anything. So right, 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 right. But I mean, that's that's just something I didn't even know existed. Something I didn't even know we we could choose. But I was getting you know? into the pumpkin spice kind of flavors. Okay, now speaking of pumpkin spice. Okay. Uh, I am totally hopping on the pumpkin spice bandwagon because on my way to work the other day, I stopped by Dunkin' Donuts and I got an iced coffee nutty pumpkin. Okay, that sounds good. Now, this was a splurge for me because I don't usually pay for boutique coffee, but this one was regular wait, wait, iced wait, coffee. Wait, though. I don't call, okay. I don't think Dunkin' I don't put Dunkin' Donuts in, like, bougie, <laughs> uh, what did you call okay. it? Like Boutique. Boutique coffee. Okay. okay. Dunkin' right. Donuts well, is like Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, no, I don't know. No, it's, sorry. One, it's one step up from McDonald's coffee. Uh, are you freaking kidding me? I was going to see what you thought about that. <laughs> you need to take your ass out outside the the McDonald's. Oh, my gosh, Rachel. I like- uh, on behalf of Dunkin' Donuts everywhere, I am so fucking offended right now. But it's not like uh, Rocket City, you know, Rocket City coffee or something local <clears throat> with a roast or coffee clutch. It's not coffee clutch. But I like Dunkin' Donuts. She's just staring at me right now. <laughs> yeah, do, do you hear what I'm giving you? So here's here's what okay. I'm saying. If you're not going into a diner and paying 59 cents for a bottomless cup of crappy coffee, then it's boutique coffee, okay? Okay. If if you have to if you have to peel out linen paper with pictures of presidents on it, it's boutique coffee. I'm thinking of Elf when he's in the city and he's like, it's the best cup of coffee in the world. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. We went down Um, a total thing here. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going back to the Nutty Pumpkin. So um, it is. It's regular coffee with a pumpkin spice swirl, and it's got a hazelnut flavor shot and then cream. And and all of this is just, it's a beautiful kind of tannish color. And when you get it, you know that it is going to make you happy just because of the color of it. Yeah. So... Anyway, I I mean tonight I'm drinking whiskey on the rocks, but whatever. <laughs> I I am I'm I am promoting the Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice. Well good. I am I just got done reading since I knew this was like October was a JK Rowling Beetle in the Bard. Beetle the Bard, which um J.K. Rowling wrote, but it's supposedly about these, um, it's like folk tales 
that Hermione found in Dumbledore's office. So it's been really cute. It was a short read. And that's what I read this week. Oh, that sounds good. Um, So I'm, I'm, struggling a little bit with this and I kind of want to talk to you about it I I don't want to take too long but you know I'm on this audiobook kick now good and yes yes and but here's my problem I just finished listening to A Plague of Doves by Louise Erdrich and it was like I don't know 19 hours. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, that's more a, than it actually was, but yeah. I'm thinking, what is this book like 6,000 pages long? It's, because yeah. it, I have a commute an hour to work and an hour home every day. And, and I, I usually go to the office <laughs> at least, I go to the office at least four times a week. And, you know, it's just taking a long time to, to hear it, but it's only 314 pages. And that well, gives me pause because huh. I must read really, really quickly. I read quickly as well. But yes, m- most average audiobooks can be mm-hmm. six to 10 hours, but there are a few that go over the 10 hour. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, and I think you and I talked about this. Um, If if I were reading this book, I would have put it down. But since I was listening to it, I kept with it and it got better. I ended up giving it three stars. But if I had been reading it, I would have put this book down. And you and I talked about this with a book that you and John read. What, what uh-huh. was that book? Uh, the um, uh, Andy Weir. Uh, it was uh, the Project Hail Mary. So John put that book down? No. Oh. No, no, no. Oh, there, there's a book. Uh, the one we just read was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Okay, so you... finished it but john put it down yes and you finished it we think because you listened to listening to it isn't that interesting i think we're gonna have to unpack that one well and and what's funny is john and i were just talking about that last night that he may try to read it because we listened to a book uh to florida and back a man called Uve. we listened to that Mm -hmm. audio Mm -hmm. And John said he probably would have put it down if it hadn't I, I been just, for the trip. I just think that that is is very interesting, and and I I think that we probably need to unpack that a little bit. But yeah. um, so the the answer to what am I reading is I finished a plague of doves, and I listened to the fisherman, which is like a a horror folk tale by John Langan and then I am listening to The Call and The Call reminds me a lot of what The Hunger Games is but it is it has some nuances that I really love so when you're 10 years old you go into this what they call survival college because on the on Ireland uh 
decades ago, or maybe centuries, but I think it's decades, they they drove out these people that were there so that they could have their their land. And now those people that they drove out live in what they call the gray land. And they, when you turn 10 years old, they call you and you disappear for three minutes and four seconds. And you are in this almost like underworld and time is different. And then some people make it back and some people don't. And what is this called again? The call. It's called the call. And it's um, by who? It is. It's by one, one, one moment. My books. Uh, Peter. And it's P-E-A-D-A-R. So I don't know if that's Padar, uh, because it is, it's very Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, o- O'Gillen, G-U-I-L-I-N. Okay. And it, it's just, oh, it's, it's just riveting. Ooh, that sounds good. I know. Yeah. I'd like to go on the record about how excited I am that it is October. I love horror all year, but there's something about a chill in the air and dead leaves falling and crackling under your feet, ghoulish decorations making their appearance. It's just like, well, I'm kind of feeling just the opposite. I do love autumn and autumn, not necessarily Halloween. Um, But yeah, give me a nice sunny day by the pool, a nice breeze, my newly opened flowers, butterflies just kind of floating in the air. Oh my gosh. Okay, Pollyanna. (laughs) Uh, Just like, just like I despise the heat of summer and love sweater weather. (laughs) uh, You, you and I will both agree that this is a great time to talk about anything that tingles the spine. Okay, so just like you went on record earlier, I'd like to do the same now and say that we don't really have to talk about the scariest and the horror of all horrors and scaries for this month. There are a few other things that we can discuss. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know, I, I thought it was funny. I love when October comes and we can talk about what is the scariest book you've ever read. <laughs> um, but I'm going to throw you a bone in this episode. Uh, a, a dead bone. Okay. A bone with rotting flesh <laughs> that still has life teeming on it, but it's only through its own decomposition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Carmen, just, just, okay. So last year I put the question out in the world on the, on the wide web. What is the scariest book you've ever read? And other than some questionably snarky titles like the Bible, we got some pretty good titles. Yes, we did. And I also remember that I didn't feel like I needed to add many of them to my reading list. Although (laughs) some did sound like I could give them a try. Yes. And I read a few of them as well. Over the last year, I reread Stephen King's The Stand, which was not a great idea to do during a pandemic. No. I mean, no. (laughs) 
Um, I also read Madeline Rue's first book of her Asylum Young Adult series. And what I really want to dive into are titles that I found when I was researching this episode. And some of them, Rachel, I think you mm. are going to like. Okay, you mentioned some of the title title suggestions last year that you read. And I ended up reading a book by Grady Hendrix, The mm. Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. I don't know how I feel about the possibility of adding more horror to this list, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Well, I really love that you read that. That um, Grady Hendrix is in more of a, a comical horror genre and yes, I think that's but it's a, still, <laughs> it was still, still going. gross. It was still gross, though. <laughs> um, the first one that really surprised me that I found uh, was one that I had never heard of by one of my favorite authors. And it is called The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. And it was published in 1972. And... This one would be a quick one because it's well under 200 pages, so I would almost call it a novella. The story is a fantasy and traces the history of Samhain and Halloween. Samhain? I'm questioning that. Like, what? <laughs> yep. So, and it's not like, I actually had to look up how you pronounce it, but Samhain is a Gaelic festival that marks the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the darker half of the year. So the I, I love that they call it, they don't call it winter. They call it the darker half of the year. It's, it's really the perfect foundation for a creepy, creepy story. Indeed. And recently I ran across one called October Dreams, a celebration of Halloween for which Dean Kuntz was a contributor. This one's right up my alley because it's a compilation of classic novellas, never before published stories, essays on history, literature, the films of hit Halloween and real life memories of October 31st. Some oh, that sounds authors, good. I know, right? Some of the authors were Elizabeth Ingstrom, Hugh B. Cave, uh, Simon Clark. This was perfect for me because I can pick it up and put it down after just a story or two. Oh, that sounds really good. And I love how they are kind of putting in stories, like little short stories, plus remembrances from their childhood. I love that. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, well, the A Night in the Lonesome October by Roger Zelazny is my next pick. So list, listen to this summary. In the murky London gloom, a knife-wielding gentleman named Jack prowls the midnight streets with his faithful watchdog, Snuff gathering together the grisly ingredients they will need for an upcoming ancient and unearthly rite. But here's the best yeah, part, Rachel. Is, it has an okay. it has an illustrator. So oh, I, I I don't really What is this madness? <laughs> 
This is madness I don't really to me. know what that means other than there have to be a number of supporting drawings that that kind of engage the mm-hmm. reader more in the story. That makes me even more interested. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I am reading and I went on to with what I thought and think is a pretty safe bet on this next title, The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman, which is, you know, he's one of my mm-hmm. favorites. And it's about a boy. And I am reading this, actually. John's already read it, but it's called, uh, it's about a boy, Nobody Owens, Bod, whose parents die. And then he's raised by these ghosts in a nearby graveyard. Um, it's a YA novels. I think he wrote it in 2016, if I'm not sure. Um, so I'm just going to start off slow with this one. <laughs> but um, it's really cute so far, except, you know, his whole family was murdered. But other than that, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, so I was captivated by the image of a girl with a, a haunted look on the cover of a book titled Cuckoo Song. And it's by Frances Harding. I don't know if that's Harding or Hardinge. I should have looked that up, but it's H-A-R-D-I-N-G-E. So the the cover, the girl is so pale, and she's staring out with these dark eyes from the cover. The story on this centers around a young lady named Triss, and she is rescued from a local pond when she wakes up, she knows something is wrong. She is always just ravenous. Her sister is terrified of her, and she continuously finds dead leaves in her hair. And when she cries, her tears are spider webs. But here's the one thing that drew me in. Her dolls start coming to life. No, no. Oh my no, gosh, that, no, this just sounds so no. good in so many ways. No, that is a big no on stalls. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, no, no. Uh, no. But that does remind me of that movie from the late 1970s called Magic. Do you remember oh that gosh. one? Oh my gosh. Anthony Hopkins, who was a ventriloquist. That's all I'm going to say about that, because you can put two and two together and know that when your dolls are coming to life, that reminded me of it. Well, you know, I love, I I did see that movie, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he was a, he was a younger man then, definitely. But I remember he looked over at the ventriloquist case where his was oh, ventriloquist see, you're going into just be quiet it and listen to me his the ventriloquist oh. dummy was was just sitting there and he went back to do something else maybe he was polishing his shoes and he looked back over and the ventriloquist dummy was gone Mm-mm. see that's a no all right no no okay no. let's regroup and come back for some more ghoulish titles <laughs> okay so you know because i have to keep it light and i know i'm not the only one remember last year a lot of people who responded to your question about the scariest books and they refused to read the genre oh that's right a lot of people said they wouldn't even read it i am like 
on the borderline of this genre. You know that, yeah, right? Yeah, so. and you know, I, I can kind of see that when you live in a world that is in chaos, which is how I feel our world is right now, who really wants to read a book about supernatural threats and crazy killing psychopaths or ventriloquist dummies coming to life? Yeah. Okay, so with that, I would like to offer like-minded readers... Hocus Pocus and Focus by Aaron Wallace. <laughs> this book talks about the 1993 Disney movie about the Sanderson sisters who happened to be witches. It was a bomb in the theater with all the critics, but it's a full-on cult classic it now. It is, and, it is. And there is a Hocus Pocus 2 that is coming out. Can I say I've year. never seen that movie? What? No, I, I've never seen it. I've never I seen it. Love it, but the book presents little-known history about the making of the film, fun facts and trivia. It's just what the Hocus Pocus fans need, and it's perfect timing because it's right before the new book. I mean, right before the new movie. So, now is the movie out yet? Is it out already? I think it's out. Okay. I think it's already out. I need to I need to watch the first one. I need to just sit down and watch the first one. Um yeah, I need to do that. Um you, you know, I don't I don't know how you do it, but you really have a knack for finding these Halloween books that are not scary in the least. Um so you you've definitely made me want to watch this movie and mm -hmm. for you know, for nothing else so that I can watch the next one. Well, like I said, it's a really great time to pick up the book before the new movie comes out and catch both movies. Um, okay, you may like this next one, Rachel. It's a, it's called October at Dusk by Jason Jeffrey. It's another collection of stories rather than one long story. And what caught my eye about this one is that the author doesn't necessarily use monsters to scare us. But he takes normal things that could take on an abnormal nature. And, you know, on Goodreads, I always look to see how many people have read it and how many people have commented. This one only had 14 ratings and two actual reviews. So it may be a little difficult to find, but I really like the idea of his stories. I know that in one... A man's internal struggles slowly start to transform him on the outside into a demon. Now that sounds scary. Yeah, I don't. I no. That's okay. So I'm gonna <laughs> this. I'm gonna bring up a name of this next author. It's gonna be brought close to home to us, Carmen. Okay, so in October 1966, year I was born, in Selma, Alabama, a ghost made its presence known at the Wyndham House. And 13 oh. Alabama Ghost and Jeffrey is a book. And Jeffrey. Is the book published in 1969 by uh, author Catherine, Win Catherine Tucker Windham and Margaret Gillis Fig. Fig? Fig is... Fig... F I'd say fig. fig. Silent H, which tells of the local legends throughout the state of different hauntings, uh, 
poltergeist behaviors and other unexplained events. I mean, you and I grew up hearing most of these, if not all of the stories. In Mm -hmm. fact, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Wyndham actually came to the library and read at our local library one time. And really, yeah, but she talks about all the people, locations, as much as the ghost and keeps the tone entertaining more than frightening. Even though most of these tales and stories are, I'm putting in quotations, true. Yeah, it is more folklore and almost like, you know, the witch lives in that house on the corner and, but it's really just an old woman who never got married, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, probably. Yeah, but we did. We grew up with that book. That's ex- that. Yeah, I forgot all about that. It's really a good story. I that book to my library. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Yes. It would be yes. cool if we could find an autograph copy but oh yeah um so my last scary offering is called house of leaves by mark z danielewski and i i bought this between the time i was writing this and the time we're recording and it's a pretty herky book which you know it's pretty big this this one is going to be a must read for me. It's it looks like a book version of how Blair Witch was presented. Ooh. And and when I say that, it, it it's original it's it was originally bundles of notes and papers and drawings and footnotes that were like bound together and they were all written by this the owners of a new home. And so all of that ephemera now has been consolidated into a book form, but it has its original organization. So if it was handwritten, it's handwritten in the book. If it was laid out crossways, it's laid out crossways in the book. Um, And the basic story is the house is bigger on the inside than the outside. And I am just really really anxious to start that one okay that one is going to give me nightmares (laughs) (laughs) and the sound of our cheering fans means it's time for listener comments we love hearing from you and on our band book post bonnie said all of these recently banned books are interesting, and some of them are very beautiful. Be sure to read them. And Carol was right when she said banning books is what the Nazis started with. When mm. one group bans books, it means they don't want you to think for yourself. They want to control what you think and know. That is exactly right. Um, like author mm-hmm. Dave Pilkey, Janet took the high road when recently book shopping, quote, I happened to be in a bookstore today that was promoting a book by Tucker Carlson. Instead of telling everyone they shouldn't read it or trying to have it banned because I didn't like what he has to say, I simply moved on to another shelf in the store. Sure, I recoiled a bit, thinking about the harm I believe this man's lies have done to this country, but I was able to move past my revulsion because we live in a free country, end quote. And thank you, Janet, for promoting your values without stomping on others. 
Carmen and I are definitely in two different spook camps. Which one are you in? Let us know if you are on Team Spooksville or more Team Pumpkin Spice Latte. <laughs> and please give us some book suggestions that are perfect for Halloween, cooler weather, autumn, the month of October, or whatever may fall in between. And as always, continue to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and bubblybibbly.com. And remember, Stephen King wrote in his horror book, It, Eddie discovered one of his childhood's great truths, grown-ups are the real monsters. Ho, 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 ho.